It is Friday, January 12th, 2024. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. And I start off by wishing you and the lovely Olivia a happy anniversary. Congratulations. What year? It's the 11th year of marriage. Um, thank you, Chris. I woke up and got on my hands and knees and just thanked the Lord for providing me a beautiful wife and mother to my children. Mm. Uh, you know how much I care about Olivia. If that you meet true. me for a second, you know how much I care about Olivia. So we're going to have a good time today. What are we doing? Uh, are we playing pickleball? Are we going to play tennis? We're going to have a I nice think tennis lunch is in the, the cards. Beach. I think uh, breakfast is in the cards. I think like a nice walk is in the cards. Uh, so we, we have some stuff planned. Okay, good. We already went I'll out to look. dinner. Oh, all right. All right. Days ago. But let's get it going. Uh, today's show with the reason I'm wearing a Yankees hat, because I did not choose this intentionally just because the Yankees made some news. Marcus Stroman, two years, 37 million plus a reachable vesting option for another year. And that's strictly his decision. Should he throw enough innings in the second year of his deal? Uh, what do you think Yankees fans are feeling this day about it? Well, I know what Yankee fans are feeling because unfortunately, or, you know, fortunately for me, I follow a lot of Yankee fans on social media. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it gives me a headache. But I think the general consensus, at least that I've seen, is they're happy that you got a, a pitcher of Marcus Stroman's caliber into the rotation. I think that's a great depth piece for them. And, and, and you know, he he can pitch, you know, at that number two starter level still. So I think it's a great signing for them. But I think everyone in Yankee universe or whatever they call it is, uh, you know, they're waiting for more. They don't think this is enough, but I got news for Yankee fans. I don't know if they're going to get more. Now there is news that they offer Blake Snell and he turned it down. Who knows if that's accurate or not, uh, but you know, they're over that last tax threshold. So anybody they sign in 2024, they're going to be paying 110% tax on. Now they might not care about that, especially if they feel like, Hey, we got Juan Soto for sure this year. We don't know if we're going to keep him, you know, going forward. They're hoping for that. But I think that I could see them pushing their chips in for this year, which would mean maybe they go trade for a starter that has one year uh, left and they kind of just say, hey, this is our year. We'll reset next year and try to make things work as far as the tax in 2025. But that's the feeling that that I've seen around social media. I'm curious if you have a different take on it, but I feel like they, they want more. But I'm telling you, you should be happy with getting Marcus Stroman because he can. He's, I think, he's very well suited for New York. You know, the way he pitches keeps the ball on the ground. Um, that's good for Yankee Stadium. And I think he, I think, is going to go one or two ways. He's going to go really, really well in New York or really, really poorly in New York. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. I think they feel like there needs to be more. But I'm telling you guys, I don't know if there is. Well, let's just start with the player himself. Uh, I think that to get. Marcus Stroman for two years and $37 million. It's, good. it's a pretty good deal. Yes. You know, he's a heavy ground ball pitcher. He doesn't give up home runs at all, so he'll keep you in the yard, even in a small place like New York. Um, so I think that part they should feel good about. Listen, last year, the first half of the season, he could have been in line to start the All-Star game. That's how good he was for yes. most of it. Then he got the blister. Then he got the hip injury and the rib injury in the second half and just was not the same pitcher and kind of limped to the finish line toward his free agency season. Well, free agency because he opted out of the last year of his three-year contract with the Chicago Cubs, thus making him a free agent. So I think as far as the pitcher goes and the competitor, I think that's great. 
it is another in the line of the kind of what if behind Garrett Cole, right? What if Carlos Rodon returns yeah, to form? What if Nestor Cortez returns to the all-star type pitcher that he was a couple of years ago? But there's a lot of those what ifs. And I think that Stroman falls not as much in line with those two, but a little bit, certainly. Now you get to the Marcus Stroman experience, which I think is part of who he's been his entire career, right? He's he's five foot eight or whatever. He's like, I'm good enough for New York City at a time where Brian Cashman says he's not a difference maker. And so he didn't end up there in 2019 as part of a trade. There was always, it felt like a combustible relationship a bit in New York. And I felt like that was accentuated even more when Stroman kind of hinted at some of the reasons he didn't like the Mets and his stay in New in Queens without actually telling us exactly what went on. And the fact that he is very boisterous and active on social media, which is certainly his right. Now, he cleaned up part of his social media. Uh, if you go back and try and find certain things that he liked or certain things that he put out there, they're no longer there um, during his free agency trek. But I wonder if he can help himself when he has those bad outings, when um, the fan base starts to turn on him a little bit, when there's some things going on nationally that he doesn't care for. Like in New York, everything gets blown up a little bit more. So to me, that's part of his deal. Now, would you agree, like, if you play for the Mets, which he obviously has before, is is that less of a yes. New York media train than the Yankees? It is. I, I think I think it is, too. I, yeah, um, I think it is. I mean, I didn't play for either franchise, but I, I think it is a little bit different. Like, the Yankee cap is a different it's, – it's heavier, right? That's what they yeah. want you to believe anyway. Well, I, it, it can go both ways. It, it can be you could be raised on a higher pedestal when you do great things yes. in the Bronx as opposed to Queens. And I know that Mets fans might not love to hear this, but I think that they would probably say, yeah, you're right. I mean, it goes either way. And then, yeah, there's more, um, much more that comes your way, both good and bad. And so I think it's going to be fascinating to see how that side of it works out. Don't you think that that's part of the equation with him? I do, and I'm I'm wondering if somehow you know it is blown out of proportion because I, I've I've known guys that have played with him and they say you know he's you know he does his own thing he's a, he is a good teammate I've had fun playing with him he works hard I mean these are the mm-hmm. things you care about like do you work hard and do you show up and do your job that's all you really care about you don't have to get along with everybody but everyone I've talked to is like yeah so I, sometimes I think the media overblow. Over, yeah, the, the, the stories get overblown. Yes, overblown. Mm-hmm. They might. I think they might be doing that with him. Like, all this talk that we have about, hey, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna disrupt the culture of the of the clubhouse? Like, I, I think he's gonna go do his job. I really do. Well, I don't think he. I, I don't know if the question is so much that because you didn't hear a ton, whether it was out of Toronto or New York or Chicago, that he was a bad teammate. I. I, I I think it's probably quite the opposite, that the guy is kind of a bulldog. Like, that's how he has made his way in baseball and has has stayed kind of where he has in the pecking order uh, because he's wanted the baseball and he's, you know, and he yeah. believes in himself. I'm talking about outside of that. And in New York where they are all over everything and every if, if he likes a tweet that can be deemed controversial, which he has in the past, when you put on that Yankee cap, 
You can't run away from that. That's what I'm saying is that. Okay. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if you're Marcus Stroman, you take your phone and yes. you hand it to your handler and say, you're running my social media now. You know, you Ooh. do all the posts. Yeah. I, oh. God, I don't know. I don't know if I do that. I, unless Why? you Unless you have a the sort of relationship where you say, well, doesn't everything have to get cleared by him? I mean, it's, everyone's different, but like, I know a lot of guys that don't run their own social media accounts. Yeah. Like, you still can grow it and do all these things and put stuff out there for the fans, but you don't have to be the one reading the replies or, you know, everything is at, at that point then scripted. And I would, I would advise anybody that signs a big uh, deal in New York to do that. Right. Well, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be awfully interesting. No question. All right, so there's several reports that the reason that the Yankees turned to Marcus Stroman was because they made an offer to Blake Snell and the numbers just didn't work. Now, we don't have any exact numbers. I, I don't want to give this guy any pub because I don't know if he's truly an insider, so I'm not going to go that direction. Big picture here. Are you worried that Blake Snell is overplaying his hand? I, I don't think so, C. Rosie. I feel like this is exactly what he needs to be doing. I mean, he is a Boris client. We've seen Boris wait out the market plenty of times before. Blake Snell does have a ton of leverage. I I think when we talk about Blake Snell, too often we, we see him or view him uh, as damaged goods. Like this guy isn't an ace caliber pitcher. He's got two Cy Youngs. Go check out the career numbers on this guy. It's It's legit. 3-2 career ERA. Last year winning the Cy Young. He's done it in both leagues. Uh, but for some reason, we have the, you know, he walks too many guys and he doesn't pitch deep enough in the games. He does it a little bit differently than everybody else. But do you want those numbers at the end of the year? Yes, you want those numbers at the end of the year. So I think there are still plenty of people, plenty of teams in on Snell. No, I don't know exactly know what he wants. If he wants a sixth or a seventh year, I think teams will eventually give in because you're getting a guy in Blake Snell who doesn't cause problems like he does. I don't believe he drinks at all. Like he's just like a solid guy that loves playing baseball. Like that is who he is. And you get this crazy, amazing caliber pitcher to go along with it. So some team is going to give it up, whether it's the Giants, whether it's the Angels, whether the Yankees come back in the fold. I don't know. I don't think they will. Um, but I think he's gonna. We're gonna find that five years, one fifty is probably not where that number is gonna end up. I expect him to get more than that. Yeah, I don't think the idea is that he's overplaying his hand. And I do want to kind of answer a question that that you just asked. Like, why is everybody nitpicking? It reminds me a little bit of the experience of looking at these college football quarterbacks that come out into the draft, right? And we can use Caleb Williams of USC as an example. Like, if he had been if he had come out the year before, he would have been the surefire number one overall pick. There would have been no questions asked about it. But he went back into this year, had to play another year. He played very well for the most part, but he had the time where he went up into the crowd and cried next to his mom and then some other stuff. And it's like we're almost looking for reasons not to make him the number one overall pick and the franchise quarterback that everybody thought less than a year ago that he would be. So I think that that's what people are doing. And certainly when you're trying to make an investment, whether it's 150, 180 or 200 million dollars, you have to kind of find the warts on somebody and say, can we live with them? Right. So I think that that's that's kind of it with with Blake Snell, that the problems are that he does walk too many people. That's a fact. The other fact is that he doesn't give you the length that a Garrett Cole who won the Cy Young in the American League did. That's just who he is. So I guess if you know that going in, 
You just have to be with, with comfortable with whatever number you guys eventually settle on. Now, for me, I'm trying to play the game. Well, where can he end up? Because if it's not the Yankees, and I'm not so sure that they're out of it 100%, San Francisco, well, they just traded for another former Cy Young Award winner in Robbie Ray. Seattle, his hometown, it feels like they're okay pitching-wise, and it feels like they're not trying to add payroll. Toronto, like Kikuchi's in the last year of his deal, but he's only $10 million on the books. They still are going to pay Gossman and Bassett and Barrios, and oh, by the way, they're going to have to figure out how to pay Vladdy and Pichette. The Mets, like, are they going to want to go in here? Their two highest-paid starting pitchers this year are going to be pitching for the Astros and the Rangers. So I don't know exactly where he fits. There might be a surprise team out there. So I'm trying to play the the team game here with him. I, I think there's a lot of teams that maybe we haven't even thought about that you know, if they feel like the price is coming down or they can get them, uh, you know, at a certain AAV, they'll do it. I mean, I think the Dodgers still have room to make a move, which is crazy to think wow. about. They do, Chris. I mean, the way they've structured, you know, Otani's deal really helps out with this, obviously. But, you know, they still have room. Um, you know, I, I just think when a guy like Blake Snell is available, and again, I'll, I'll go back to just like uh, like who he is as a person. Like when you invest money into somebody, I think that, who you are as a person means a lot, especially if you're talking about six, seven years on a contract. Being in your organization, you want to make sure Blake's he's the guy, dude. Like he's the guy you want. Like he's going to be a good class guy. He's not going to mess up off the field. Like he's going to get paid. I'm going to set the over under at 168. That's a good one. Dang. Uh, 168, six years. I'll take over, right over. I can say six-year 175. How about that? Slightly under. I'm going slightly under. I'm rooting for him to get over. I'm all about players getting paid, but I'm just – I'll play the opposite game. And this one is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. And all you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code BASEBALL TODAY. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code BASEBALL TODAY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources all right um speaking of left-handers that are getting paid shota imanaga he is headed to the north side of chicago Guaranteed $53 million over four years, but there's all sorts of ways that that number could go up. Uh, he is not Shohei. He is not Yamamoto. But how excited should Cubs fans be? You're right. He's not either of those guys. That was good. Good observation. Thank you. Uh, I think you should be really excited. I mean, I think for the caliber of pitcher that he can be, I think that's a very fine deal for the Cubs to go out there and, and, and give. And, you know, I think – pretty much every team in the big leagues is looking for that middle of the rotation depth. And I think that's exactly what the Cubs are going to get. 
uh, a lefty that kind of mixes all over, you know, the quadrant. He's a very he's like a pitcher to me, C Rose, which is which is awesome. He's got some plus stuff. Uh, fastball slider has the split that's been really good. Uh, doesn't walk anybody, strikes out people, like kind of checks all the boxes except for like the stature and, and even some of the velo and stuff like that. Um, but he's a guy that knows how to pitch, keep guys off balance. Um, he can bust you up if he needs to. Um, the off speed stuff works. Like I said, a lot of generates a lot of swing and miss. So if you're Cubs fans, I think you're ecstatic. And, and I said this on talking baseball, if he's starting a playoff game for you, you're stoked. Like that's, I think that's like almost like a litmus test that you can use for like free agent pitchers. Like, would you be happy with him starting a playoff game? And I think you could be, we saw him do it in the WBC, you know, against team USA in the final game. Like they trusted him to go out there and shut those guys down. I know that's a little bit different, but you faced a team full of freaking superstars and won the game. Like, I, I think you have, if you're a Cubs fan, you have trust in him until he shows you that you can't trust him. And that's a good thing. I think it's a great move. You know, if if the deal ends up being like five years and 80 million, then that means that he did some good things, it yeah. sounds like. So I th- once again, good middle of the rotation guy. I think Cubs fans were just excited that they made some move other than signing Craig Council to a deal. Like I think they were like, holy smokes, do they know that we have to improve this team? Like, where have we been? Yeah, have, have did our executives and our decision makers take a two month nap? Like it was ridiculous that the Cubs didn't do anything. And so this was this was nice for them. I don't think this can end their offseason, uh, right? I mean, they got to figure out a way either to get Cody Bellinger back to the north side of town or to replace him. I don't think they've done that yet, uh, although we will talk about a move that maybe could help lighten the load a little bit in that area. But, yeah, it's good. I mean, this is an interesting rotation now, right? Justin Steele looks like he has just totally taken the next step and is yep. a, a dude that you can lock in at the top of that rotation for a while. Kyle Hendricks, still there. Jameson Tyone, you kind of know what you're getting these days from him, which is a nice thing. So it's a it's a good rotation. It's good in, an, in a division where it feels like there's going to be four teams around that could win it, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I don't even know. We did this also on Talking Baseball. Like, who do you think all these Vegas books have as the odds-on favorite for the NL Central right now? It's a fun uh, game to play. Because I I don't check those things. Um, I am gonna. Well, I'm gonna guess Chicago. Cardinals. Do they really? Yeah. They think that the Sonny Gray and adding the other two veterans has made that much and the rest they're going to bounce well, I mean, back. They have, a, they have a roster. It was just the worst year possible yeah, it was for them. They're year. banking on a, a bounce back year from everybody. Huh. Um, yeah, interesting, okay. right? I mean, it is going to be uh, quite the division race. I, I don't know if we're going to be talking about like a juggernaut division that's going to come in and, and crush the playoffs, but I think it's right. going to be interesting to see who you know wins that division. Well, I think the interest could be which GM is willing to pull the trigger in July to improve yes, their squad 100%. as well. Like that, I think that makes it fun. And the fact that we both feel like there's four teams that could win the division, not a lot of divisions that you could say that about. So I think that's that's a that's a good thing. Uh, speaking of the Cubs, they made a deal with the Dodgers. They got LA's number two overall prospect, Michael Bush, and reliever Yancy Almonte for Chicago's number eight prospect, Jackson Ferris, and a minor league outfielder as well. 
Doesn't it feel like this is a huge win, though, for Chicago, getting the Dodgers' number two prospect? I don't really pay attention to where guys are ranked. I know we reference it on time, time for time on this show, but, you know, everyone's prospect rankings are different. You know, Jackson right. Ferris was the Cubs' eighth prospect. He slides in now. MLB hasn't ranked as the Dodgers' fifth prospect. So it's like, you know, I don't really right. pay a lot of attention as far as value on those numbers. I know it's it's good to reference it. Um, I, I think it works out uh, for both sides here. You know, Michael Bush was blocked. You know, we've seen that from time to time. You know, a guy that's just tearing up AAA, obviously as a major league caliber player, where's he going to play? Like you move Mookie Betts in the second base. That If you're in the organization, like what just happened? What? Like, how did this, how did this uh, you know, come to fruition? Then you get Freddie Freeman. Like the guy was blocked in LA. So I think it's nice to let him go. And I, it sounds like he's going to be the club, the Cubs' primary first baseman, though he might move around a little bit. So I think it's good for him. You know, Yancey's going to go in the bullpen, do his thing. I think there's, you know, he has some ability to miss some bats. So, you know, he'll slot right in there. For me, I, this, this guy, Jackson Ferris, I watched some, some video on him for the Dodgers, or he's with the Dodgers now, but I watched some video on him. I mean, this guy's 6'4, lefty, like, mm-hmm. People call him a bulldog. I watched an interview with him where he just talks about all I want to do is compete and win. Like has the makeup that you want, has the stuff that can play up. I think he hits like 97, tops out. I'm scared of that guy if you're if you're Cubs fans. Like I'm happy we got Michael Bush and this guy's gonna come up and do these things. But this six four lefty out of the IMG Academy in Florida, I feel like I feel like the Dodgers are gonna, you know, be happy with this trade, you know, in a couple of years. Yeah, that's why I I won't say that it is one-sided. But I will say this, that I always thought that if Michael Bush was going to get traded, it was going to be for some sort of established big leaguer that was going to help the Dodgers immediately. Now, I understand this, right, because it cleared a couple of, you know, 40-man spots for the Dodgers, one of which they need when they officially sign Teoscar Hernandez, and then who knows what else they're going to do. So the Dodgers are kind of at the point where they – they need to open up some roster spots. So th- that part I get. But I just always felt like if you heard Michael Bush's name, hey, Michael Bush got traded, you were going to wonder, oh, really? Is it for Shane Bieber? Is it for Dylan Cease? And then you're like, it's for Jackson Jackson Ferris? Like, you're like, oh, clip I got to go. In two years, we're going to clip this. Hey, <laughs> I, it, you're right. And that's very possible. But I think my point is still well regarded in that when you trade a top prospect, it almost always is for some immediate help, not down the road. But maybe that just shows you how good the Dodgers organization is, that they can afford to wait and see it through. Yeah. You want to know who this guy's comp is on MLB.com? Let's see, a 6'4 lefty. How hard's he throw? Like mid-90s. Is he still a major leaguer? He is. We just talked about him. Blake Snell? Yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Love that. Yeah. See, the Dodgers don't need Blake Snell. We got Blake Snell at home. It'll be interesting. That's what I think. That was a joke, Rose. Come on. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, Last one. Huge Pirates fan. I believe his last name is pronounced Dan Geisy. He got a tattoo of Andrew McCutcheon on his calf and then had Kutch sign it upon completion. Is that true dedication, or if that's you on his leg, are you thinking, man, that's a little too much? I think if it was me on his leg, I think it's a little too much. But a guy like Kutch who like embodies, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates and is part of that city's fabric, 
I'm okay with it. But if you get a random person's face or, you know, bust tattooed on you, uh, it's a little different. But I like this a lot. McCutcheon is the Pirates. The Pirates are McCutcheon. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm always curious. Like, I, I don't have any tattoos. Our oldest son has seven of them. So I don't quite understand the idea of putting something permanent on your body anyway, let alone somebody who doesn't have an attachment to you. They, like, I get it if he has an attachment to Kutch. He's probably provided great memories for that guy. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, getting Albert Bell on my calf today. That's a good tattoo. You just oh, yeah. forearm shivering somebody. Oh, yeah. That'd be good stuff. Um, Interesting I bring that name up. He's becoming like a texting buddy of mine. Albert Bell? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah I know. It's bizarre. What do you guys text I, about? Well, I had to reach out to him about a, an event in Cleveland that they wanted him to do. And unfortunately, because of schedules, it didn't work out. But now he texts me like, Three times a month. I'm pretty happy for you. I know. It's it's pretty crazy. When you really get is. Kenny Lofton in your Rolodex as well, then you and Kenny and Albert have a group chat together, and then all of yeah, a sudden you guys good. are meeting up for dinner, and then all of a sudden Kenny Lofton gets in the Hall of Fame, and he starts buying you guys dinner, and then Ooh. you guys go on a vacation It's going to have to be that special committee. He fell off the ballot. I so know. I think, he, I think he will get in. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, you and Olivia, congratulations on 11 amazing years. Well, congratulate her for making it through. You just, you know. I'm an excellent husband, Chris. Uh, you are. You are an excellent I husband. I know you are. You're an excellent human. See, I told you at the beginning, those two writers, they they made it a point to say hello to you. You know, they like that. initiated that conversation. And I love you, too. You know that. And That's have great. fun this Thank weekend, you. by the way. Don't you have a fun weekend coming up? We have a fun weekend. We're leaving early tomorrow morning, so I'm excited. Off to which, Detroit. Which, which means uh, baseball today will be coming out on Tuesday next week, yes. not Monday. No worries about that. Happy to do it. So uh, tell your beautiful bride uh, congratulations. Thank you. It's awesome. Very proud of you guys. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, I cannot wait till he and Marcus Stroman get into it on X. I am counting the <laughs> He's days He's blocked, on that I one. think. Aren't you blocked, Dan? Dan, are you blocked? On everything, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> of course I, you are. I, I told I told our guys, I said, hey, this is going to be an interesting year for you, navigating that relationship. It's not a great relationship between uh, Stroman and, and, and some of those guys. So, Do you think that we can mend it at the opening press conference? Do you think that uh, no, Dan I don't Moore think could offer? No. That'd be great if, uh, whether it's on Zoom or in person, I'm going to guess Zoom, if we send Dan Rourke in and he gets a spot in the – the media group. Yeah, Dan Rourke from John Boy Media. I'm wondering if you could unblock me, please. Be legendary. I'd love to Everybody see Everybody else that. raises their hand. Me too, me too. <laughs> okay. So for our one-of-a-kind blocked producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Tuesday on Baseball Today.